If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, everybody. While our listeners are in for a treat today, joining us to discuss all things activity coaching, which would make sense for an activity coaching conversation, our managing partner, Leo Tucker, and his director of training and development, Alenda Ford. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Big fans. I all thank you. I'm feeling pretty lucky that I get to see all of you. And unfortunately, it's just an audio podcast, so not everybody's going to get to see you, but I do. So nah, nah, nah. Anyway, I'm glad to be here, ready to dive in. I know everybody's anxious, obviously, to get right into the info, but I want to do some formal intros for those of you that may not know you. I kind of doubt that with you, Leo, but, you know, we're pretty formal here. (laughs) Not really. Many of you are likely already familiar with Leo Tucker. He has been with Northwestern Mutual for over 30 years, and I feel like, Leo, we've probably known each other for at least 25 of those. He started his career, which I kind of forgot. You started your career in Florida. Like, in my mind, you've always been in D.C. I know you haven't been, but started in Florida, where he held leadership roles, including what was then called the field director and then managing director, before being invited to the home office as what we called an ARD, or an assistant regional director, which helped prepare him for his current role as the managing partner in Washington, D.C. Since 2003, another fact that blew me away, I can't believe it's been 20 years, Leo. What month did you become managing partner? The very beginning of April, April 1st. So you just celebrated. Just celebrated. That's awesome. Congrats. But in that time, his organization has tripled in both size and production. Leo currently serves on the board of the Tiger Woods Foundation, the American College, and the Washington Area Women's Foundation. His fundraising efforts on behalf of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society led him to receive the 2013 Man of the Year honor for the LLS National Capital Chapter. And in 2012, Leo was listed as one of Washington, D.C.'s top 25 minority business owners. Personally, I have known Leo for probably 20, 25 years. And in addition to him just being like an incredible human being overall, he has what I believe is an incredible passion and talent for developing people. And I believe that really comes from his sincere desire to grow others. So I'm excited to have you here today. Thanks, Leo. It's good to be with you again. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. All right, Alenda. Alenda Ford is the Director of Training and Development with Leo's team in Washington, D.C. Her mission is to successfully guide reps through FPA and to develop and coach reps to success in their first two years. Alenda has been a part of the NM family for over five years and has operated at numerous capacities, starting as an FR, growing a practice herself as a financial rep, and then later finding passion in the development of new advisors, which has led her to her current role for the last three years. She believes that the business of financial planning is indispensable 
and holds gratitude in helping individuals thrive in this career. Alenda joined Northwestern Mutual from her prior background in fashion, which I think is so cool. And I'm not surprised. She's like one of the most fashionable person people <laughs> that I know and still spends most of her free time exploring the vintage designers as she embraces fashion as an art. I had the privilege of meeting Alenda, I think it was last year. I want to say last spring. I think it was last April yeah. at the Early yep. Productivity Clinic in Chicago and just was immediately impressed with her professionalism, her poise, and just her overall presence. So thank you for being here. Thanks, Heather. I always listen to your podcast, so I'm super excited to be a part of it today. Thank you. All right. So speaking of being excited to be here, I'm so bummed that Sabina can't be with us today. Obviously, you haven't heard her voice yet. She's actually just coming off of an amazing vacation. We haven't connected yet, so I'm anxious to hear how that went. But she's thankful for your contributions to our podcast and looks forward to being back on our next episode. All right. Let's start by just talking about the importance of activity coaching in regard to the overall development of a financial rep. We know that there's a a lot that goes in to getting these reps up and started. Leo, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on activity coaching, what it is, and how do you position it for the new FRs? Well, the way I like to look at activity coaching is we're honoring a promise. You know, when we go through the selection process, we are saying a lot of great things about the career, the opportunity, dreams becoming a reality. Activity coaching is where the rubber hits the road. It's really where we help honor what this career is capable of doing for somebody. And it is extremely important. It's an obligation for us to meet that promise. And Mm -hmm. the work that Alenda does and our team does to me is what I like to say in quotes, are we honoring our promise? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the most important part of what we do. I was really driven home by a comment that Bill Beckley had shared in a very unique setting, as I'll talk about in a moment. Okay. So first of all, I have not heard anybody really talk about activity coaching that way. And it makes me excited because we talk about delivering an FR-based coaching philosophy. And if you're truly focused on the FR, that is what it is about, is honoring the promise. So what a great, unique way to position it. Alenda, how about you? Yeah, I just think early on, new FRs are so malleable, right? They don't know what they don't know. And I just think having an activity coach in their back corner also helps them understand how to form a structure and productive habit. And I think in any business, having that kind of accountability is essential. Yeah, the structure is key. Accountability really should be a structure. And when you're self-employed, the number of people that have come back to me down the road and have said, you know, gosh, I didn't think I could make it on my own because I don't do well with freedom or I don't do well with flexibility. I think it's one of the greatest gifts we can give them is just some structure to check in on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Leo, other thoughts on that? You were going to share some thoughts about Beckley. Yeah, I want to share something that will stick with me until I die. I had the privilege of being somewhat co-developed by Bill Beckley. And for those of you who are listening who are not familiar with who Bill Beckley is, he was a mega brain. He was super smart. In fact, so smart that he was the Tim Guerin and John Roberts yes. in one person. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, he was responsible for everything field related and did a fantastic job. To give you a little bit more color, he was the managing partner that succeeded Al Granham himself. Just Isn't that amazing? No pressure, right? <laughs> a burden. And so here you have this very successful managing partner who then becomes a corporate executive at the highest level, responsible for the distribution. And in his retirement speech to the field and to the managing partner association, he could have talked about anything, could have talked about legacy, could have talked about the value of permanent life insurance, the value of recruiting. He didn't talk about any of that. He talked for 45 minutes. There's the other shoe about activity coaching. (laughs) 
he talked about the value and Sabina are such advocates for this critical role in our system for the success of all of our career advisors. Because no matter how long you've been here, there was someone in those first couple of years that cared about you to the degree that they held you accountable in a structured way to what it took to succeed. And that will never escape me. I remember sitting there for 45 minutes going, this must really be important. This is his last message to us. And so it's never been lost on me. And I'm still a fan of activity coaching to this day. What an impactful story. And it makes me happy and it makes me proud, really. I feel like the activity coaches historically haven't always received, I don't know what the right word is, you know, the credit or the development or the, you know, it's often like this role that's just sort of given to anybody. Now, I think that has changed over the years for certain, but to know that somebody in his role, right, somebody that succeeded Al Granham and that was a managing partner and in the highest executive in the company spent 45 minutes in his retirement speech, that makes me just, I don't know makes me so happy <laughs> for all of our coaches and like see and feel the importance of the role that they have as a result yeah. of that. Well, so. and I guess my message both to managing partners or first line leaders, field management leaders and to activity coaches would be never underestimate the value that this role has. Mm. That was the message Bill wanted us to understand was yeah. you can invest in a lot of things, but the Alenda in your office is a critical, critical <laughs> role. And that is just supported when I go check in on an advisor and I say, how's it going? And I know there's a gap in something they're doing. And they usually respond with the reflex of, well, I'm talking to Alenda. Well, Alenda's on it. And and it tells me they know they have a partner in Alenda to correcting whatever it is that they're working. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. I feel like there's a few more things we'll come back to as we're thinking about the importance of activity coaching and how we're positioning it. But tell me a little bit, Leo, about your role as managing partner in activity coaching? What does that look like? Yeah, well, I would say that my roles sort of blended in a couple of ways. One, I, I have to be the standard bearer and mm-hmm. Branham is the standard and I have to make sure that I don't blink. Prior to coming into this call, Linda was going over a meeting we have with a rep coming up later this week and we both just went right back to the standard. So I've got to make sure that I don't let personality sort of conflict with the standard. And so secondly, I believe that it's my role to support our activity coaches, really make sure that we don't have two messages going. I know exactly by heart what Alenda is going to say in every given meeting. The rep needs to know that they can't come to me and get a different response. Mm -hmm. I've got to support Alenda. I've got to make sure there are no triangular conversations. So I say, what happened when you talk to Alenda? That matters. And I don't know if a lot of first line leaders understand that is death by a thousand cuts. When you undercut the individuals, you give the authority to hold activity coaching. So Alenda's word is greater than mine in this space because she owns it. And I've got to default to that. And so when Alenda comes to me and says, this is what we need to do with somebody, I've got to trust that she is in the trenches with that situation more than I am. I lead bite sound bites, she leads in the trenches, completely different. The second thing is making sure that Linda gets developed, you know, and that that's where I'm so glad that, you know, you and Sabina, Heather had this program because it, it takes it off my plate and know that she's in credible hands to get a standard, if you will, the training, the coaching, the nuance of it all. She comes back smarter every time. That's great for me, which actually allows me to an even greater extent not to ever second guess or question <laughs> what a is doing because she's being coached properly. That's awesome. Such good stuff. My mind is 
exploding in so many good ways right now. I mean, I think what I hear you saying is you have her back. You have each other's backs, right? But you have her back. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then the piece about just the standards is you mentioned the part about personalities. It's so easy to lean into, I like them, or I see this in them, or I see that in them. But when it comes down to it, it's the numbers, right? I mean, it's the standards of what Granum has put in place. So Alenda, from your perspective as an activity coach, what do you appreciate about Leo's approach as a managing partner in your role as activity? Yeah. And Leo, I just want to thank you for saying that just simply because I don't know if he realizes it himself, but he's created such a huge accountability culture in our firm. And that's outside of activity coaching itself, right? I think I've seen our reps walking in the hallways like, hey, how many did you set for the day? And I think that's a beyond activity coaching. That's with our reps. That's with our leadership team. And that's really important. And so Leo maintaining this accountability culture is key. And I think that goes into saying the development of our activity coaches to make sure that our messages are are consistent every time and our standards and expectations are echoed all around. That was going to be super important. And so we actually have recently implemented a monthly ACE coaching client builder. So this gives our ACE coaches their development that they need, their room to ask for improvement or fine tune their skills and talk through the reps as well. So it's just important to know that we're never going to let anyone off the hook. No one's ever going to be on an island because there's always going to be someone here, whether it be an ACE coach or just the team itself to be in their corner. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stood out to me, Leo, was how you said, Valenda comes to me and comments, we need to do X, Y, or Z with a rep. I can't tell you the number of directors of training and development or activity coaches that I work with that come to me with the frustration that, you know, this person's not going to make it or I'm frustrated because nobody's listening or they don't read my notes or it's so important. These activity coaches are spending a good amount of time. They oftentimes know them better, right, than sometimes the mentor or other people in the office or on the leadership team. So I think we really have to take their word as gold in these situations. And eventually, if they don't feel heard, they're going to stop sharing. And it sounds like you've done a great job of building the right culture for that communication to take place. So kudos to you both for that. Yeah, I I would say this too. I mean, if you think about career satisfaction, one of Daniel Pink's three that people need is autonomy Mm -hmm. and mastery, of course. One is on the journey to mastery and purpose. And so on the autonomy front, if I'm constantly second guessing or overriding Alenda, she's going to leave. And going back to Bill Beckley's comments, having a great activity coach is so important. I want to do everything I can to keep Alenda mm-hmm. and, and keep, I'm proud of both Alenda and Megan and, and this track record of keeping our activity coaches. But to me, it's a fantastic career platform because it gives you a purview into just about 80% of the job of running a network office, if you think about it. And so Alenda is a very valuable asset to us. I need to make sure she's in a space where she's feeling trained, developed, uh, autonomous. And it's critical that we in leadership who manage micro moments don't underscore the important work of our activity coaches. Yeah. You've both mentioned training and development a couple of times. Let's go a little bit granular or more granular on that. Leo, I know you have been gracious and like generous in terms of sending Alenda, obviously, to some of the activity coaching clinics, the early productivity clinics. So I know you're taking advantage of those. Alenda, you mentioned the podcast. You also mentioned that you have a monthly activity coach meeting. It sounds like for everybody. What are some of the other things that you are doing as a coach and maybe other coaches in your team to stay green and growing in your role? 
In my role, these podcasts super important. I really enjoy it. So whenever I am coaching or ace coaching any rep, I always have a book that I recommend to them. And so whether it be the five second rule, coaching habits is one of my favorite books. I always go back to it. And sometimes I'll listen to it as an audio on my way to work and start with why right now for success. So if I'm coaching someone to it, I need to believe it and I need to listen to it often. And this helps me ask the right questions too. help me understand what their goals and what their whys are. Because if we're in our heads, daily, right? We're running around doing many things. We don't hear the right things. We don't hear the right motivation. We can't motivate other people either. And I would say this is the best way for me to be a better coach to all of our new reps. Awesome. Leo, how about you? Favorite books or other development ideas? You know, uh, Love Right Now Traction, fantastic book. And, you know, no surprise to anybody that knows me, Rhinoceros Success is a big deal, very holistic. And of course, I think podcasts are a great way to get information from content experts, you know, this being a fantastic one and helping fill the need for activity coaching development. So I thank you and Sabine for putting it together. But there's another place. By having Alenda and Megan get access to great coaching themselves, they bring that information back and they bring it back with a lot of enthusiasm and feel. It's pretty cool. And so a good chunk of my own development, I would tell you in this space, comes from the team that, that gets out there and makes this their passion. And then they import it here in our local office. Well, I think that takes a lot of vulnerability and confidence on your end, Leo, somebody with your experience to be able to say a lot of my development is coming from them. They go out into these things and bring it back for you to be open enough to want to learn is fantastic. And just, again, a reflection of who you are as a person and a developer of people. Alenda, what keeps the fire going for you? As you know, activity coaching can be draining sometimes, depending on who you're coaching, and it's easy to burn out. So what do you do to keep that fire going? Yeah, I don't think I've ever hit burnout, actually. I always tell Megan I'm a development nerd. And <laughs> I just find so much gratitude in guiding people into being the best versions of themselves. And I, I get this thrill or a fuel out of the aha moments. And so whenever I'm coaching someone, especially if they're not going through the best momentum, and they finally get a win, I get so excited. And that brings me so much fuel. And so I just know that even so I think burnout really comes from coaching someone who's simply not doing the activity or really struggling, right? And so you get to a point where you're like, what can I do to help them? And so once you figure that out, and you're working with that rep, and you finally get them to get that win, there's just so much gratification as a coach that you know, you guided them into a best version of themselves. And you just know that you can keep doing that continually. And so I would say that's what keeps my fire going. And being a development nerd, that's always going to be my thing. bring up a great point, which is burnout usually does come from, and most of us wouldn't be burned out if we were coaching all pace at our first 40s, right? If we were coaching all people that brought us a ton of energy because they were doing fantastic. And it's just the realization that if you can fix that one problem or help that person over the hurdle, that helps your burnout as well. It's a great observation. Leo, any thoughts on your end in regards to just kind of keeping the fire going for the passion for developing new FRs? Yeah, I live, Heather, a fairy tale life. (laughs) And I think most people who have made it in this unbelievable career do so. And at the end of the day, the gate that I had to go through in order to have the life I have is open for me 
by an activity coach. <laughs> and so I, I don't take it for granted that what I get to experience now, the people I get to impact, influence, the generational wealth, the uh, impact I have in my local office and around the country all started because I made it. And I made it because somebody cared about me in those first couple of years. And so for me, this notion of activity coaching can be reduced into a lot of details. But my feeling when I think about it goes straight to overwhelming gratitude for the role that person played in my life. And there are people who are going to have amazing lives in our firm because of the touch of Valenda and the role that she played in their life. And I hope one day they're invited to a podcast and thinking about, I wouldn't have made it without Alenda. It's one thing for me to recruit great talent. It's another thing to curate it into something magnificent. And that's where Alenda lives and breathes. My job is to bring in great material. Her job is to tailor it into a beautiful suit. Love it. Love it. Random question for you. Do you remember your first coach? Do either of you remember? Maybe if it's maybe you've had a couple coaches, but who's the first one you really remember? I do. You know, I love cartoons, so that's a bit of vulnerability. I'll be that non-creepy guy in the middle of a <laughs> Disney movie, even at my age. It doesn't matter. So I loved Inside Out. And that movie was about the range of emotions that we all go through. And when you're a new rep, you go through those emotions times 100, all within an hour. And what an accountability coach did, my, her name was Karen. She was there all the time. She grounded me back in what my focus needed to be. So it didn't matter the range of emotions I was experiencing in any given minute. She was always able to get me back to activity and what I was trying to build. And I called her a little Oprah Winfrey because she made me solve my own problems by asking me questions, led me to owning the answers, which always, always landed on activity. And so I really appreciated that. And going back to my earlier comments, I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for the care and attention that she showered on me early in my career. I love that. Something that you said reminded me of the very first slide that Sabina and I share in our activity coaching clinic. And it's a picture of this huge bear, like this is up on its hind legs and it's scary. And down below is the person standing underneath it going, ah, and it says, you know, that the person is the FR and the big bear is the business. And I think we forget the longer we are around and the longer we develop people, how scary and overwhelming it can be for them when they first get started. They're drinking from a fire hose. There's probably a good amount of anxiety. And I don't care if you're 22 and right out of college or if you're a career changer at 45, it's still a big, scary change. It's something different. It's something new. The business can eat you up if you let it, right? And as coaches, I really just think it's our job to help turn that anxiety and that worry into something productive for them. And it sounds like that's something that Karen helped do for you in terms of just managing all of the different emotions and kind of managing all the scaries. Alenda, how about you? Who was one of your first favorite coaches? Yeah. Well, first, Leo, I'm never going to let go of the cartoon thing. <laughs> but when you ask that question, I've actually been asked this question a lot before. Like, who's inspired you? Who's a coach that you remember? And I can never think of anyone until I joined at Northwestern Mutual BC and joined Leo's team. Just simply because in thinking about a couple of comments we mentioned earlier about developing the folks on our team, Megan has been a huge key player in my development. Megan Benitez is our CDO in our office. And Megan and I meet monthly to talk about my development. We meet weekly to talk about the firm, but monthly to talk about my continued development. And I think that she holds me accountable to the T and it's been super helpful. And that's why I'm super passionate about helping to develop other people on the team too. And I really think Leo holds true to that word as well. But 
But yeah, so Megan and Leo and just the team in general, I think that we all have such, I think it's such a great culture that everyone else on the team has a passion on developing each other. One of the important roles of a coach is obviously giving feedback. And oftentimes when I think about the people I respect most are the people who have made an impact on me, it's because they were direct and honest in their feedback. And I remember when we had our brief conversation, just asking if you would do this podcast, we were talking about different things. I don't remember if it was you, Leo, or Alenda, but one of you talked about the difference between being nice and being kind. Which one of you, who was that? And maybe expand on that a little bit more. Leo, yeah. Yeah, I think all of us have a desire to be nice. And I look at nice as telling you what you want to hear. That's Mm. just nice. (laughs) Being kind to me is a little additive in that it also includes care, which means telling somebody what they need to hear Mm -hmm. and doing it in a way that it lands. And that can be done in a variety of ways. We've all heard at nauseam, accountability without a relationship is harassment. (laughs) And so there is some work that always needs to be done on the relationship. And, you know, when I'm working with my MDs, I will usually ask them on a scale from one to five, where's our relationship? And if it's not at a five in that moment, it might not be the time for me to deliver the feedback I need Mm -hmm. to deliver. I will then ask what moves it to a five. And then that gives me the space because when you're in a safe space, you get the ability to be kind and tell them what they need to hear. I don't want to berate somebody. However, at the same time, if some Somebody comes in with a very clear vision on why they're here and what they're trying to build. We owe it to them to hold the mirror up to them. And that's kind. That is just kind because it's taking them back to their words and their vision. No different than showing somebody a PX, which is just filled with all the things that the client said they want. And that's what we're doing with our advisor. Alenda does a fantastic job in that. She is much more kind than nice. And I think our advisors appreciate that. We do. We worry often about being nice and being liked. But if we truly want to be respected and make a difference and make an impact, we'll tell the kind truth. And clarity is a form of being kind, right? Just being very clear, being very direct and open with our feedback. So I love that. I'm looking through my notes. Anything else? One of the other things that you mentioned was the gift of struggle. Again, I don't remember if that was Alenda or Leo, but does that tie into some of the things that we've been talking about and how... It does. So Bobby Herrera wrote the book, Gift of Struggle. I highly encourage it to anybody who hasn't read it, but it's what we become by going through the struggle. And it is so easy. For example, when a caterpillar is struggling to get out of that chrysalis to want to assist it and open it. But if you do, the butterfly never learns how to fly because part of the struggle is what gives it the fluids to the wings, extremities that allows it to fly. Well, the same is true in this business. There is always going to be struggle. I don't care who we recruit from whatever background, there's going to be a struggle in one part of that grand cycle, if not more. And a great activity coach shows that they believe in them and that through this struggle, they're going to get better and better because the struggle part of the business never goes away. The type of struggle does. So you need to build a struggle muscle. So I don't care if you're Scott Sparks. He has struggles today. They're just different than they were 30 years ago when he began. But the muscle he's built from overcoming this struggle, the next struggle, the next, makes it sort of on automatic. And so there is this nuance to honoring the struggle, recognizing it's there, but also assisting properly somebody get through it. And that, I believe, is what really differentiates the good activity coaches from the great ones. It's kind of like parenting, really, when you think about it. How often as parents, 
and good coaches do we want to help by taking away the struggle? And what do they tell you? No, the learning and the growth is in the struggle. And oftentimes as a coach, we see people struggling and we feel bad. And I think it's one of the reasons, unfortunately, we make exceptions for people. We think we're helping them. We want to take away the struggle. And in reality, I think we're just exasperating it. Yeah. I heard a quote the other day that I'll always remember now. And it's like, you could look at things in two ways. Is this happening to me or for me? And if you think that this is happening for me, it's a completely different lens. And then you can do something with it. But if you think it's happening to me, then you get put into that victim box. And those are so hard to climb out of. Yep. What you put out into the universe is what you get back. So if you're seeing yourself as the victim or, yeah, that's going to be more of what you get for sure. Any final thoughts on activity coaching in general? Any questions? Any ahas? Final comments? Yeah. Yeah. Alinda. I have one final comment. And I think in this business, it's really easy to put yourself on an island. And having an activity coach really, truly is a privilege because we get to coach you. And so I like to see it as an activity coach is someone to help you stick to your random expectation and tie it into your vision and help you or be the driver to help the wheels going, keep going. And so I always encourage all reps, especially out of training, I teach them more about activity coach and who they'll be to them to get excited, be ready to meeting and never miss an activity meeting because you never know about the nuggets that your activity coach can give you to feel your day. That's so true. And I would just end on trying to glorify the activity coaches in our system for a second. Michelangelo was asked, how did you see David out of this huge block of marble? He goes, David was always there. I just freed them. Mm. And that is so true of the people we recruit. They're amazing people if we do the selection right. Alenda's job, all of your jobs as the activity coach is just to free them to become their best version of themselves through the work of being a great activity coach. Mm. Such good analogies. I love it. I love it. You have energized me both. You are both inspirations. It has been absolutely my pleasure to spend a little bit of time with you today. I could probably spend hours. We try to keep these to a a drives time, running the kids to soccer or what, you know, a a quick walk around the block. But I know you are both very busy people. So thank you for taking the time to be here today and for sharing your amazing knowledge and experience with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. All right. Thanks, you guys. And we'll see you back here next time. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing. growing.